Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles to John, the third chapter. You at home and uh, open your Bibles with us, John, the third chapter. And um, I, uh, what I'm going to share this morning, uh, the Lord began to minister, I t- uh, minister to me. I titled this message, The Three Doctrines of Divine Empowerment. The Three Doctrines of Divine Empowerment. Amen. And uh, there were specifically three doctrines in the Bible that Jesus literally told his followers. In fact, he commanded them to preach, preserve, promote, and practice these doctrines. And I said in the first service, doctrine is important. Uh, and sound doctrine is the most important thing. And uh, sometimes they get saddened, and I've seen it. I've observed it through the, uh, through the whole 50 years of my serving God, that people have taken scriptures out of context to try to make them say something they don't. And the Lord said to me many years ago, and those of you who have heard this often, you know, when you've been here 40 years, you hear the same stories over and over again. It's a miracle that you all come back. Praise God. And, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you need to be open, uh, to be teachable, because, yeah, and, so I wanted to say this. I'll get back on track. Doctrine is very important, but it needs to be biblically sound, biblically based. You just can't take scripture out and try to make it say something it doesn't. Oh, this is what I, this I remember now. The Holy Spirit, Spirit said to me years ago, he said, if, you will, if you'll study the Bible in context and you will remain humble, you will receive what God is trying to give you. Just stay humble before God Amen. I said amen. And study the Bible in context. Because when you study it in context, you can, you can build off of that and see what God's actually saying. And that's what we've done through the 40 years of pastoring a church. We, haven't, we don't come here to try to make the Bible say something it doesn't say. And I'm grateful for that. How about you? Amen. So what are these three doctrines? Number one, the doctrine of salvation. Number two, the doctrine of, of uh, water baptism, which we're going to focus on today. And number three, the... Uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Three different baptisms. There are actually seven in the Bible that I found, but these three are for you. This this has to do with your life personally, okay? Now, to enter the kingdom of God, uh, kingdom of God, water baptism and or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not required for salvation. Salvation is a free gift from God. If you agree, say amen. Amen. And that comes by you. We'll see it in the scriptures today. uh, By you, uh, recognizing that you are in need, recognizing that you're a sinner in need of a savior, and that number two, you would just open your heart and receive Jesus into your life, and that's when God changes your life. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And, and so, though we're going to focus this morning on water baptism, I just want to share a little bit about the doctrine of salvation. Why? Because water baptism uh, doesn't benefit you if you're not born of the Spirit on the inside. So let's look at the doctrine of salvation. It's actually, we call it, the, the Bible calls it, Jesus called it being born again, and uh, we call it the new birth. The new birth. What is the new birth? Well, when Adam transgressed in the Garden of Eden, he didn't know it, but God said this to him, the day, say the day. The day. And I, I think, I believe he was referencing uh, time at that moment. The day that thou eatest of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. And... Um, uh, so Adam, of course, had never been uh, connected with death. He didn't even know what that meant. And, um, but his part, listen, his part was to believe the word of God and obey it. That was his part. And so he did and, uh, up to a point. 
And all of a sudden, he did fall finally and transgress, disobeyed God, and he uh, crossed that boundary of, uh, of not obeying God's word, and he died that day, and he died spiritually. He was separated from God. So Jesus was called the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 15, and he came back to fix or repair or restore the breath of life or the spirit of life back into man through the new birth. Amen. Amen. Now, in John 3... A man by the name of Nicodemus, who was a Jewish religious man, came to Jesus, acknowledging that the miracles that Jesus did had to be from God, okay? And so he's searching for the truth. He knows he's gone to church his whole life. He, listen, he went, to the, he went to the house of God his whole life, but didn't, know, but didn't know the God of the house. And so here in John, the three, third chapter, Jesus responded and said, Nicodemus, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Or your spiritual perception is blinded. That's 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 4. The God of this world blinds the minds of them that don't believe. And so until God opens your eyes, all this stuff called Christianity is a mystery. All of it is blinded to the unbeliever. But the moment he chooses to believe, his eyes are opened and he sees through the lens of God. He sees the goodness of God, the love of God, and the mercy of God. Isn't that good? Amen. That's so wonderful. How many grateful that you have eyes that you see and understand the things of the Bible? It's important. Okay, let's go on. So to enter God's kingdom, uh, uh, you, um, uh, you have to have an encounter uh, or a divine change inwardly. So verse seven, so Nicodemus said, or verse four, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? So he was thinking uh, naturally, okay, of natural birth. And Jesus answered, verily I say unto you, except a man be born of water, that's natural birth, and of the spirit, that's supernatural or spiritual birth, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Then Jesus says, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must, be, you must be born again. I love the translation out of the New Living Translation. It says, humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Isn't that, good? Isn't that awesome? I just, the Message Bible, unless a person is born from above, um, unless a person is born uh, from above, uh, it is not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. So being born again or born from above, as the message translation says, it is a really a baptism into a new spiritual life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And it's, and it's something, of course, every sinner uh, has to at some point acknowledge his need for that redemption and receive it by faith. You must be born again. There's no other way to heaven. Uh, number two, the second doctrine of the New Testament church, uh, Jesus commanded us, we're included to to preach, preserve, promote, and practice is um, found in Matthew's gospel, uh, the doctrine of water baptism. Amen. That's the next step. After you encounter a divine relationship with God through salvation, the very next step is water baptism. Okay? That's the next step. Now, how many believe that? I need a clinic, please. How many believe that? How many believe here that salvation is supernatural? It, it's supernatural. It really is. Excuse me. It's supernatural. I mean, it's supernatural. Uh, I went, the night I accepted Christ in my heart, it was a Sunday night, uh, standing in the pew and wanting to get out of there as fast as I could. My, foot, my feet were stuck like glue. And, um, but the moment I surrendered, the moment I surrendered, didn't understand what I was doing, but I simply prayed a, a prayer. And obviously there was some faith in it because man, God came on the scene. I mean, right like that. And I knew my life was supernaturally touched by the power of God. 
If you're excited about that, let's give God a good shout. Amen. If you're excited about that, because it happened to you. There's no greater joy than seeing people born again. Amen. See, a, a lot, I want to encourage everybody. Pastor Vicki shared about this, and, um, and, and uh, even down in prayer, she really didn't know what I was sharing on, but she talked about uh, uh, salvation. And um, uh, uh, yeah, about yeah, the foundations uh, of, of Christianity. And um, uh, in Matthew's gospel, what's interesting here is that, listen to this, Matthew records the first line of business or the first order of business that Jesus did once he was raised from the dead, the first order of business, here's what he says in Matthew 28. Go ye into all, uh, go ye therefore and teach all nations, that word teach means to disciple, all nations, all ethnicities, red and yellow, black and white, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe. The word observe means to set their sights on. Teaching them to observe all things. Well, what all things? Spiritually. Uh, whatsoever I have commanded you, commanded you, commanded you. It wasn't a request. It was a command. And lo, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. In Mark 16, Mark wrote about the same thing. He said, as you go into the world, preach only the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And I said, you know, there's two differences between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation comes to your heart when you refuse to believe it. Conviction comes to your heart when you choose to, uh, uh, when you, con con condemnation comes to your heart when you choose not to believe it. Conviction comes to your heart when you choose to believe it. Okay? And thank God for conviction. I said, thank God for conviction. If it wasn't, you would never repent for anything. And so um, I'm glad for that. Okay. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and he says, if any man be in Christ, he's, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things spiritually, old things spiritually have passed away, and all things spiritually have become new. And you know that. When you get born again, that was the most frustrating thing for me when I got saved. I knew. I knew something. I knew. I knew there was something different on the inside, but I hadn't changed on the outside. So when my friends, when I'd go uh, smoke dope with my friends to try to witness to them, I couldn't impact their lives because I was no different than in them. No, I was never better than them, but I was no different than them. Do you hear me? The only thing between them and me was Jesus. Hallelujah. So there has to be some divine separation in your life. Uh, uh, the way you live, the way you talk, the way you act for, your, for the uh, cover to come off or the flesh nature to come off and expose the light that's in the inside of you. Amen. I said, amen. That's what God wants in your life to um, let the world know that uh, Jesus is a good God and a savior and merciful. Amen. So, so the next step of being uh, the next step after salvation had to been significant for that to be on Jesus's mind, especially after he came out of such a horrific experience of death on the cross. But think about that. That was the first thing he said to the disciples. Go ye into all the world, teach all nations, baptizing them. So baptism was an important part. There was something divine and supernatural that took place, just like salvation is to you today. Amen. Old things, old things regarding the spiritual dead nature within have passed away, Paul says. And any time there's a passing away, uh, by law, there has to be a burial. Amen. You have to bury it. By law, you have to bury it. And so baptism actually means to fully submerge, to wholly cover, and to bury. 
Water baptism identifies us with the only one who died for our sins. His name is Jesus. Water baptism is the outward demonstration of an inward spiritual transformation. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Amen. So it's very important that you acknowledge, and we'll see, we'll see how important this was in the days of, of Jesus, okay? Water baptism also has been the outward display of an inward work or inward change. Through water baptism, you are making the decision to leave your old, decrepit, uh, sin-filled life behind to begin a new journey or life in and for Christ Jesus to bear a greater measure of his image and likeness. But if there's ever a time that we need a greater measure of God's likeness in the earth, it's today. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Now, Romans, Paul wrote this in Romans. I want to read this to you. It's on the screen here, Romans 6. Know ye not, Paul said, know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, was baptized, uh, uh, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, watch this, we are buried. Uh, this, I mean, hey, kids, read Romans, the sixth chapter. It is so important regarding your perspective on this divine nature that's working on the inside of you. He goes, he goes, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Now watch this. Even we also who've been raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. And, uh, right, should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death through water baptism, we shall also be planted together in the likeness of his resurrection through the baptism, this, through the baptism or empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, would you all agree that if there's going to be any, if the world's going to change at all, the church has to come alive. The church has to get their lights shining. Amen. I mean, it's true. We all... We're all sitting complaining about the, you know, the environment of, you know, the government, all this kind of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, and I've said this through the years, if young kids uh, would have at 30 years old, when I was 30, if a lot of my friends who were around me would have ran for certain uh, seats in government, we'd have more of a conservative voice today in America. And just, I mean, I'm talking about in control of the power. But even that is not the answer. Serving Christ is the answer. Amen. Watch this. Knowing this, verse 6, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that dead is, dead is freed from sin. And today we've got so many things, so many issues that the church wants to argue over, you know, uh, what they, how they should live, what they should drink or not drink, what they should smoke or not smoke. You know, I mean, it's so sad because it's it just, my, my question to you is, anything that you deem, uh, we just, you know, we just drink a little bit, you know, we're, what are they called, social drinkers, you know, Any, anything we do, I'm sorry, we are habitual by nature, and anything you do, we carry to, the, we end up carrying to the max, yeah. wherever, I mean, that's why the Bible says don't give the fo- uh, devil a foothold, don't, don't open the crack door for him, because everybody wants to uh, try to live so close to the world that they end up falling into the world, and we see it constantly. And allow not to be that way. Uh, come on. God is looking for a people who will just be separated unto him. Hallelujah. Be loyal to him, committed to him, so he got a vessel to work through. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? And I know that you want that in your life. I sure do. In Colossians, the second chapter, Paul, again, writing to the church at Colossae. In him, that's Christ, also you were circumcised with a circumcision, watch this, not made with hands. 
He's just simply, you were inside, you were circumcised by the power of God's spirit, made alive. See, circumcision in the Old Testament was, listen to me, it was simply a mark. God marked his people. Uh, why, why was it where it was? Because that's where, that's where the seed of life came forth. So he marked his people, and when he marked them, blood was shed. So those people, even though they may not understood it, they were entering into a blood covenant with God. And through that blood covenant came healing. Through that blood covenant came deliverance. Through that blood covenant came provision. Hallelujah. Through that blood covenant came protection. It's, I mean, this stuff is so important. So it is with the circumcision of your spirit. When you're born again, you are marked by God. There's a target on you. That's why, there's, that's why there's assaults in your life. They're coming from the spirit realm. You have to understand that. Otherwise, you'll fight against flesh and blood. You got to learn these things. Let's go on. It says, I'll start over. In also, in him, you also were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands. It means it was spiritual. But in a circumcision performed by Christ, watch this, by stripping off the body of the flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature with its passions and lusts. And again, I wish I had time to go to Romans 6 and read it. Everything about your life, everything about this life, should be consecrated and dedicated to the, to, the, to the work of God, everything about our lives. And the answer, you know, you think, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, now we see these uh, uh, the convents, of the, um, convents or people that go and live on a mountain or something and separate themselves because they think that's the answer. No, we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel and let people know that God loves people and wants to change their lives. Amen. How many here, your life has been changed by Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. All right, now give them a good clap offering. That, that is your, that's, that's your answer. That's their, you have the answer for them. He goes on. Thus, you were circumcised, watch this, or marked inwardly when you were buried with him in your baptism, in which you were also raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God as displayed when he raised him from the dead. So, Within the scriptures, water baptism always has been tied to spiritual conversion. In Acts, the, and I'm just give you three examples, and we're going to pray together, and I'll make them quick. In Acts, the second chapter, you know the story. There was an outpouring of God's spirit where 3,000 Jews that Peter preached to were pricked in their hearts, meaning they were convicted, and they responded to the gospel. They left 3,000 years of Judaism 3,000 years of Judaism to follow a form of belief that, was, that they had never had before. That took a lot of faith in their part. Amen. Amen. That's, and, and so 3,000 were born again. And, and uh, then from there, they, uh, I mean, immediately, Peter, it's amazing. Where did he get this from? Of course he got it from Jesus as they observed his ministry and life for the three and a half years that they served him. And it says this. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them 3,000 souls, and they continued, watch this, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And this is, this is why, this is why this whole this is why this whole situation of the masking uh, nationwide is to separate everybody, it's to separate everybody from everybody. And I thought, isn't that interesting? We're isolated enough. I mean, here we are on our phone. <laughs> on our phones. <laughs> I'm like this. I was watching Riley the other day. I said, Riley, can you, can you um, 
Google something for me. And I mean, those thumbs were on high alert. I've never seen thumbs move so fast. And I said, and I knew that if I was going to Google it, where is, I mean, it just takes me forever. But see, that's, that's the social environment we live in today. Everybody's being, everybody is being isolated from everybody. And that's, that is the plan of the devil. The plan of the devil is to isolate everybody because God knows the importance of relationships. He does. He does. That this is, this is the body. This is the body of Christ. We have believers uh, online today, and, but we can't hug you. You know, we can't fellowship with you because of all these boundaries that they've set based on fear. I'm just saying, this, uh, you, you got to recognize what's going on. Anyway, I'll continue. So I want to stop for a moment, and I want you to think and, and take yourself back to 2,000 years ago. When these, uh, that, the price that these new Jewish believers were willing to pay to, to be identified with this newfound faith in Jesus Christ. Great personal persecution from both their own families and the Jewish community as well. These Jews that received Christ, number one, they lost the family name. Number two, they lost their inheritance that was coming. Number three, if they had a business, the Jews would stop doing business with them. I mean, they paid a great price to allow this new uh, conversion to get rooted in them and stay faithful. I mean, they stayed faithful to Jesus till the ax came down on their necks. We stay faithful to Jesus until the light bill's not paid. You know, we just, I mean, we got to get more serious. Listen to this. Their greatest enemies were not the Roman government. It was their Jewish Pharisees who refused to believe that the Messiah had come. And it came from the Jewish Sadducees who didn't believe that there was such a thing as a resurrection. Listen to this. As these new Jewish believers were being water baptized out into the open in the public, they were literally denouncing 3,000 years of Judaism and at the same time, at same time announcing their faith and allegiance to Jesus Christ the Lord. Is that powerful? That's why the persecution came. And through baptism, they were publicly re- reenacting Christ's death and then publicly reenacting his resurrection life. But some of you don't know, the tank is right behind us. I have, I've only lost three through the years, so you'll be all right. <laughs> But we have, so far, we have 23 people signed up for water baptism. Isn't that awesome? And the reason, this is, the reason I'm teaching on it today is that you see the importance of it. I mean, if it wasn't that important, it would not have been the second thing on Jesus' list. He knew that something divine and supernatural happens when you bury that old man and you come up out of that water, something called resurrection life manifests in you, hallelujah, and you become even greater and stronger in your walk with God. This is so important. It's important that you understand this and expect it, especially the 23 of you that are being water baptized, that you understand and that you believe that when you go under something, you're going to get disconnected, hallelujah, from some of the things that have been causing you to stumble, and you're going to come out of that water with resurrection power working in your life, hallelujah. I mean, that's supernatural. Amen. Acts, the eighth chapter, Philip was called to Gaza. I'll go there for a minute. We have time. Praise the Lord. And... Uh, he was sent, uh, Philip was on a, in an evangelistic meeting. I mean, the, God was pouring out his spirit, if you read the early part of this chapter. And the Holy Ghost c- 
captures his attention and tells him in verse 26 of the um, eighth chapter, he, tell, I want you to, he says, Philip, I want you to go down to Gaza, uh, the Gaza Strip. There, we've been on it uh, in Israel. And, uh, there, and some of the areas desert, go down there and, and minister to someone. So he obeys God and he, he gets down there and all of a sudden there's a eunuch. Uh, he, was a, he was a treasurer for an Ethiopian queen. And so, um, but he was Jewish. And the Bible says that he was reading the scroll of Isaiah. And he was reading Isaiah. I just thought, oh, God is so awesome. He was reading Isaiah where it says, um, uh, we esteemed him afflicted of God, you know, talking about Jesus. And, and so, the, so he runs up there and hops in the chariot and, and, and interprets what Isaiah was talking about, that the king had come. His name is Jesus, hallelujah. And, uh, and we know, number one, that he, um, he asked, he said, then a little ways farther, it says, he says, well, here's water. Can I be baptized? Uh, he wouldn't have known that unless Philip told him. That's the second thing. You receive Christ in your heart. Second thing is water baptized. But Peter wanted to know, or Philip wanted to know for sure. He says, but uh, he said, the man eunuch said, can I be water baptized? He says, well, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. He said, okay. They stopped the chariot and they went down to the water and they, he brought him back up out of the water. And at that very second, Philip was translated to another town. What a way to travel. So better than Uber. Oh my God, can you imagine that? My point is, you, you obey God, and you'll see more of the supernatural happen in your life. Amen. Just in the simplicity of this act of obedience, that he went down to minister to one man. See, God cares about one. Vicky was sharing down prayer, you know. Everyone, just think, and we've said this for years, but just think of every one of you brought one family to church and got them discipled. For, for, this church would double in a matter of weeks. I mean, just double if we just, if we just target that, just one family. Amen. So verse 36. Uh, well, I'm not going to read it. I already explained to him. So Acts the 10th chapter, one more time. Acts the 10th chapter is another example. And this is this, that Cornelius was a Roman soldier. And he had been, I mean, he had been seeking, he had been seeking after God and, and, um, uh, you know, wanting a change in his life, uh, had been believing, he'd been hearing stories, and the God, this Messiah, this Messiah, uh, I've heard that he's come, you know, and so he's, he's searching out, and so the, the awesome thing about it, Peter is actually uh, at Martha's house, I think, and he's up on the housetop resting while, while a meal was being prepared, and he fell asleep, and he had a trance, and in the trance, he saw, he saw a sheet, white sheet coming down, and uh, in that white sheet were all unclean animals. And God spoke to him and said, uh, Peter, go ahead and eat. Oh, and he said, and Peter said, I can't. I, no, no, those are unclean. I can't eat those. And, 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 um, and it says that God responded, hey, what I've called clean is clean. And what he was getting was a revelation that Peter, uh, um, Peter had never known that, uh, Jew, uh, that Gentiles could get saved. At that point, he only believed that salvation was for the Jews. So, man, but he obeyed God, and he led Cornelius and his house uh, uh, to the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I mean, the whole house got saved. And you know what? You know what, guys and gals? I think the saddest thing's got to be in God's heart is when there's a family that's crying out, crying out, a voice in the wilderness, help! Crying out, and he has nobody to send. The fruit is ripe, and nobody's there to pick it. Man, that's got to be frustrating for God. 
Verse 44. Oh, let me get there. Acts 10, 44. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Amen. Come on. Isn't that cool? And they of the circumcision, which believed, that means there were Jews there that day that had accepted Christ, so they called them Messianic Jews, and they were with Peter that day. And they were astonished as many as came with Peter. Why? Because that on the Gentiles, they didn't know it at that time, on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues. Amen. Amen. And I'm just saying, you know, we, we practice that here at Faith Family Church. We believe in that doctrine, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'll just say to all of you who maybe have gotten some wrong information, just be open. Be humble and open to God. And just say, God, Lord, you show, if I'm supposed to get this, you, I mean, it's for everybody, but you have, to, you have to be teachable. You have to open your heart to it. When Pastor Vicki came home from a Bible camp and she was filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, and, uh, uh, I, and my attitude was, bless God, she's not going to get something I can't have. I'm going to get it too. And, uh, but see, it was at that point when I desired it uh, that I got it. Amen. But I don't have time to teach on that right now, but I just want you to know that's important. That they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as, we, as well as we? And he commanded them, see that command? He commanded them, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they prayed there, of course, certain days. But again, there was a doctrine called water baptism. They were commanded. He knew the importance of them being being uh, immersed in water uh, and, and obey God in that next step because he knew that that would empower them even greater to do what God called them to do. Now, Galatians, I'm, I'm winding this up. Galatians 3, verse 26 says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Did you catch that? Through faith. We're all, uh, you know, heard the world says, you know, we're all children of God. No, we're not. We're either children of God or children of the devil. Now, it may sound harsh, but it may sound harsh, but unless you tell people that, they, they think they're okay. Not that you have to tell them, go up and say, you're of the devil. But you can say there's only two kinds of groups, the family of the devil and the family of God. Which family are you in? Which family would you like to be in? Even a Norwegian could figure that out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Now, I just offended all my Norwegian friends. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, watch this, have put on or clothed yourselves with Christ. Clothed with what? His character and conduct. And that's what we need today. Can I have an amen? amen. So, I'm closing. You can come up, musicians. Thank you. I'm closing by simply talking a little bit more for two minutes on the... <clears throat> on the baptism of salvation. And I want to go back to John's gospel. Would you put that up there, John's gospel, the third chapter out of the message? <laughs> Jesus says, yeah, unless a person is born from above. Now, I want you to get, watch it. Now, I want you to focus on this, not on the band. Unless, unless, unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointed to, to God's kingdom. All right? Now, I know only because I've already lived 70 years, over 70, that I know how quick this life goes by. Because it really is true. I was just a moment ago, we were, uh, she was 27 years old, I was 30 years old, and we came to, to Sioux Falls with zeal in our hearts to do something for God. 
How many want to do something for God? Amen. Amen. I do too. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born. See, he was talking about, he was thinking naturally. What are you saying with this born from above talk? And Jesus says, you're not listening. I love that. You're not, hello, anybody home? You're not, you're not listening. Uh, so I'll say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, watch this, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life. It's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When Jesus said that, he was referencing Genesis 1. When God created the worlds in 1-1, verse 2, it says, the earth was, um, was void. I wish I had the amplified. Uh, um, it, it says it better. It's, but just, it says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. All right? It's amazing how deep the darkness is. The darkness, in, I mean... I, you see, so many people's lives are so wrecked and they're full of addictions and full, uh, they're oppressed. And I hear young people committing suicide and I say, God, how frustrating it must be that you can't get one believer's attention to go to someone's house and knock on their door and say, the Spirit of God just led me here because you're about ready to commit suicide. Don't do it. Jesus loves you. He needs someone. He needs feet and he needs hands. He does. He needs feet and he needs hands. And it's a tragedy that we're losing our, losing our young people. And you can see why. Hollywood is so corrupt. They, they create all these disgusting, violent movies with all the killing with guns. And then they want to take our guns, who are just innocent uh, Americans who want uh, our right to carry. They want to take them away from us. They're insane. Then, they, then someone was just arrested uh, for, and is sick, for... Um, Someone's just arrested for um, uh, a 20, I think he was 20 years old, having sex with a 15-year-old girl. And, and it was so sad, the 15-year-old girls, like they're tw- they look like they're 25. All the things that they, Hollywood creates, and they, bec- they, are, they are the root of all the disgusting stuff that is going on in society. They have come to convert you into a heathen. And then they want to attack that young guy, that kid, go to prison for what he did. I'm not, what he did was wrong. Cheapers, creepers. But they're the ones that promote it. They're the ones that promote it. Not us. And yet we're the wackos. We're the far right. We're the ones that are dangerous because we say that, hey, you can live a holy life and be separated unto the Lord your God. Hallelujah. And live a blessed life. Can I have an amen? Mm. Wow. Let's go on. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch, right? It's physical. Watch this. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, which is what? The Holy Spirit. And that thing that you can't touch becomes a living spirit. So don't be so surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. So he's really emphasizing the fact, emphasizing your change of your life has to come within. You can't try to change your life and then, and then accept Christ. No, accept Christ and he'll clean you up. He'll do the work, praise God. Amen. He'll do the work. But your part is to surrender to him. Now, I now know we live in a society who wants to, you know, accept every kind of corruption. 
every kind of corruption, every kind of sexual dysfunction. They want to cover it up and say, it's okay. You know, you're born this way, born that way. No, it's called sin. But if you want to be free, you can be free. I'm just telling you. Oh, but no, we could not say that because that would offend them. Oh, you can't say that because then you would be a, um, what do they call you when you, a homophobia. You can't know. We've had people come in here, I mean, messed up sexually. We'll, we love them. We'll let, we, you come on, as long as you respect the environment, you can come and sit here. We had a, we had a couple of cross-dressers come in one time, a couple, three years ago. And, and uh, I mean, I love them like anybody else. And they said, you know, we've never been treated like this. And I said to both of them, hey, just come and, and just come and every Sunday and sit under the word and God will change your life. See, we want to, you know, we want to isolate all those evil people because we, you know, we're just so, no, we're not any better than them. Amen. Just Jesus in us can have an amen. amen. So I want you to bow your heads and pray for you. Thank you, God. In fact, let's stand. I'm just going to pray for you because I want to cast out the net today. And again, I'm the last person to judge anybody here. I, all I'm here is, I'm here just to simply represent the goodness of God to you to let you know that he will set you free of any situation you're in. But the first thing you need to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You must be born from above. And, I, and you know, the frustrating thing is that, in fact, in the earlier service, I know for one, sure, for one person that was not saved. And, and, and I cast the net out and they didn't respond. And, and, and it's sad in my heart, but that's how, that's how strong the human will is. You're unhappy, you're bound, oppressed, and still won't surrender to God. So would you bow your heads on ask you, is there anyone here today? You say, Pastor, I heard the message. I understand that I won't know God without accepting Jesus Christ in my heart. And, and today, I want to do that. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want Christ to live inside of me and change me from the inside out. If there's anybody like that, just lift your hand real quick and I'll pray for you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.